Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's a Monday, so it's great news with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smythe. How are you, Kay? Good to see you. I'm great, Joe. How are you doing? You are great. I agree with you. So I got into this fray on, on Twitter yesterday. I'm not sure that I made much of an impact, but I know some of the people that were that were talking about, some of the players in this, wanted to be debate between RFK Jr. and some doctor that made a bunch of stuff up. So um, we'll get into that in a second, but I do want to start with this. Tucker Carlson has been dominating Twitter. Uh, in fact, I think he's doing so well that Elon Musk, this is probably the impetus for why Elon Musk is getting a um, some sort of an app for a smart TV so you can just turn Twitter on um, because Tucker has had hundreds of millions of views on these videos. Now, early on, Joe Rogan, biggest podcaster on the planet, uh, $100 million a year the guy's making, he was very, very um, in with Tucker Carlson, had him on before. Um, they, they seemed to hit it off just fine. But last week, the Daily Mail out of Uck, where you're from, the U.K., uh, the Daily Mail had some story that Joe Rogan purposely is not taking Tucker's calls. What do you know about this? I don't know anything about, I mean, it's the Daily Mail. Um, okay. I don't want to speak ill of any other news okay. outlet. And I even was up for a job once with the Daily Mail over here in the U.S. But, like, you, you've seen my style. There's nowhere else but the Daily Caller that I could probably ever work, apart from on here on the Joe Pag Show. But, um, <laughs> so I don't know anything about their reporting. You know, they use a lot of like flippant sources, things like that. So I don't know anything about that. But what I do know is there's this guy, can't remember his name. He's some author and like out there wild dude uh, who went on the Joe Rogan experience a couple of episodes ago. I think it was like halfway through this month. Okay. And uh, the Joe Rogan experience released a clip today from that episode. Cause I don't religiously watch Joe Rogan. As you know, when I leave work, I turn my phone off as yes. I recommend everyone do. Um, but I watched this clip and I was like, oh, this seems like kind of strategic that they would release just this sort of like seven minute clip. And at the start of it, they kind of talked about, you know, this guy was basically proposing, you know, you've really got to have Tucker on now that all this stuff, stuff has gone down with Fox, you know, he's launching all this stuff on Twitter. You, you've got to have him on. And I think a lot of people read Joe Rogan's response. So what he said was, oh, I'd rather have Theo Vaughn on to talk about, I don't know, like all the dumb stuff that right. they talk about. They're brilliant. I love them both, but it's all so dumb. Right. Um, he's like, I'd rather talk about, you know, I don't know, flying cats with Theo Vaughn or something like that. And it was a very like flippant comment, but being in his position, if he turns around and says, oh, I'd love for Tucker to come back on, then the internet goes, 
oh my goodness, Tucker has to come back on. And then there's all this hype for what that episode would look like. Right. Whereas the smart thing to do is not promote it, have Tucker come on, and then just like cold drop it to the world. Well, let me so ask you this. no so, expectation. Knowing the, knowing the information that you and I know about this, knowing I know more of the ins and outs of his contract than many because I talked to Megyn Kelly about what a Fox contract looks like, um, I don't even know that Tucker's trying to get on Joe's show. So, I mean, is there even any information that anybody from Tucker's camp has reached out to Joe Rogan? Because it, it appears as though, as you just said, this is some internet invented thing that that there's some either rift or one wants to come on and one doesn't do we know that he's even reached out i don't think i've never heard anything about that i've never i've never known that to really be a thing like everyone i know with joe rogan like who gets on the show it's either their press person uh or you know a an employed person who contacts joe rogan and says hey i've got a pitch for this person like here's their book here's their project here's their whatever um we think it'd be a great interview or it's just people that he knows like all of my friends that have done rogan it's literally been like they've been hanging at the comedy store or they have mutual friends or something like that and they're like dude you want to come on the show next week and it's literally that casual and i don't like if if joe rogan and tucker have a deep pre-existing relationship then they have each other's phone numbers one will probably just call the other and be like yo dude you want to come on but I don't. I don't really know. What I do know is that I would love to see that episode. Like, oh yeah, I think everybody anything would. Anything like the RFK one, I'm just like, I'm so here for it. Right, but I here's the thing, I, and I'm under contract in several different places because of local, because of syndication, because of of online video. So I understand how contracts work. If he's still under contract, and he is, nobody's argued that he would, that he isn't. He can't could just go and start talking about the contract. Because that would breach the contract. Literally, it says you can't talk to anybody else about what's in this, especially not somebody that could be seen as competition. Now, I don't think Joe Rogan is competition. One is, you know, broadcast, one is not. But having said that, I mean, it's video. And to go on there and expose anything about the contract, generally speaking, you, you've been under contract a lot of times. Um, you're not allowed to talk about your contract. So what do you, I mean, I, would he go on there I, and talk I, about it? I mean, I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, can you imagine if Tucker just went on Joe Rogan and just talked about, like, the the number of things that he could talk about other than that? Like, I'm sure he could talk around, well, I guess it depends on, yeah, is there an NDA? Is there a non-compete within that NDA? Is there, you know, financial guarantees within that? Like, I've been presented with some crazy contracts right. in my time. Right. And I'm I'm scrupulous, so I can't imagine what some, so like an organization like Fox is like or someone right. like Tucker is like. But I just think I would just love to see those two minds sit down, get together, and just communicate what's going on in the world from their sort of knowledge base, from their perspective. Because I think right now, weirdly, it would be an incredibly calming thing for people to experience. I agree. Because we've all been made to feel like we were crazy, not even just over the last three years. It massively predates that. But we're now realizing that we're not crazy and that there are more of us that can speak with collective action um, almost like louder than the vote, really. If you think about like 
the power of destroying different corporations right, right. now by just blacklisting them. And I'm like, there's so there's so much subject matter. Well, no, no, you and you, you and I you and I cannot agree more. I want to see it. I hope that it happens. Full disclosure, uh, you can you can send a direct message to Tucker on on Twitter. I hit him the first day. Listen, man, love everything you do. I know everybody wants you on. Uh, I want to get in line. So I get it. I've had him on before, a long time ago when he first started his show on Fox. But um, so it's not a matter of me not wanting it, not and there not being a hunger for it. I guess what I'm wondering is, and you might have some insight on this. And again, even though you're young and happening, you you've probably been under more contract than I have been um, in in your life. So when something like this happens, I get the feeling if Tucker goes on Joe Rogan and already him continuing the Twitter stuff might have already this might already be be his mindset. Do you think that he's saying? Screw the contract. I don't need your $20 million. I mean, do you think, because I'm starting to get the feeling that that's what's going on. If he wants to go on Rogan, and I don't know if he does, and he keeps on doing the Twitter shows, and they keep they send him a cease and desist, and he said, right there on your cease and desist, um, do you think he's already in the mindset, this is asking for his mindset, that he's saying, I don't need the Fox money anymore. Take it away. It's fine. Ooh, I don't know. That is such a good question, and this is why... I'm always just so fascinated by your interviews, Joe, because you really do ask the stuff that like, Thank oh, you. but I have no idea, I guess. If he's flipping his nose at the Fox money, he'll he'll appear everywhere and then he'll on his own independently, he'll make more money than he would have with them. I don't know. I feel like this is something bigger than just Tucker and his career. I think Tucker has a voice that creates ripple effects in action. And I think that he's a very powerful person at this moment in history. And I think that power comes with a lot of responsibility. And I think he's being very strategic about what he wants to communicate where and how. Because I think as much as it is like doing his own Twitter show, he has full creative control over that. He can do whatever he wants with it. But you never know what can happen in an interview. You never know what can happen when you decide to sort of go all out. And he's also in a position where a lot of people want to see him fail. And so being slow and strategic right now, I think is really going to win this race for him. Because I think a lot of news corporations, there's going to be crazy consolidation over the next 18 months anyway, in the run up to the 2024 election. We're going to see banks fail or more banks fail. We're going to see uh, probably buyouts en masse. I mean, I know there's like a bunch already happening down here in the South with uh, print and digital publications, but we're going to see such a consolidation of our news media. I think we're also probably going to see a massive repeat of heightened censorship in the lead up to the 2024 election. And so someone like Tucker Carlson, who if he still had his position at Fox News, would almost be less powerful than he is right now, to be honest with you. Like, he'd still have a lot of power, but right now, most of the country is like, we want to listen to what that guy has to say and not what you guys have to say, but you guys are trying to buy elections with your rhetoric. This guy wants the best thing for the country, and so I'm hoping that we'll actually see more people turn off their televisions and tune into podcasts, talk radio, Uh, Or just go to the conservative stations like Newsmax. Like, I know I can always depend on them for honest, unbiased reporting. Right. So I'm with you. I I think I think you nailed it. I I think you did. Um, He's he's now in a realm where I think that his first priority is 
I want to tell the truth and people want to hear me telling the truth. I'm allowed to tell the truth because of the First Amendment and they're trying to take it away from me. I, I want to be loud and I want to at least have a voice. They're trying to make me silent. I think it's more of a competition now where I'm going to stand up for what I believe to be right. You can't give me $20 million and tell me to shut up until until the the next election is over. It's Case Mike. Go to CaseMike.com. I don't want to not get to this. And I've got uh, you know another big interview coming up. Not as important as this. No way. But no. Um, last time I'm floating around Twitter, and I see Mark Cuban, who I've interviewed three or four times. Mark Cuban's actually given me very positive advice in my career for the past 20 years. We're not friends. We're no, we don't hang out together. But he's always made himself accessible to me for some reason, which is kind of cool. He and I disagree on a lot. And that's okay because we've been disagreeable. Well, or we've disagreed while not being disagreeable. Last night he jumps into a fray where Joe Rogan is challenging a, a guy who's right up the road here in Waco, Texas, at Baylor. Um, uh, this this medical guy, this doctor who keeps on showing up, saying ivermectin doesn't work. When of course it does. Uh, not telling the the straight skinny about the the shots when we actually have the real information. And um, RFK Jr. was on Joe Rogan's podcast. And Rogan has now put up $100,000 for this Dr. Peter somebody to go on and debate RFK Jr. on vaccines, on COVID, on how it was handled and all that. And Mark Cuban jumped in and like lost his, his stuff. So Phil, just take it from there. I mean, what is, what is Mark mad at? And do you think that this debate's going to happen? Well, I, I, I always wonder with someone like Mark Cuban, someone who's got so much money, you always wonder, like, are you over leveraged right now, dude? And that's why you're trying to, like, ramp up your popularity and, like, namesake <laughs> again. Because I think he's brilliant. But I also think that brilliant men can disappear eventually and don't need the sort of, you right. know, public's attention. But yeah, he jumped into this whole debate and was like, oh, you know, Joe, it's like stupid, lots of effing and blinding, as we like to say. Um, you know, this is stupid. You can't ask this guy to do this. Like one of the things he said that, and I'm going to, I'm going to quote this wrong, but it was along the lines of it's unfair because you have producers who will prepare you. RFK has an entire political team and a whole institution, basically of a family who can prepare him. And this expert like works all day in a university and he won't have the same kind of support. And I'm like, if someone's an expert at a university, they don't need that kind of support. Like on my visa designation, I am technically an expert. And so that's why I used to always go on Newsmax and debate people because I know my subject matter and I know how to win. So any other expert, I'm sorry, I'm a 29 year old, like former billboard, like I'm not anything special. So if I can do it, someone who's a university professor should absolutely be able well, to do that. Of course you're special. But, but, was like, nah, nah, nah. Well, of course you're special, but, but let me say this. Um, Cuban's argument is all wet for one simple reason. This is the guy the Democrats kept bringing into Washington to be the expert on all this crap. This is the guy that said ivermectin didn't work and he was wrong. This is the guy who has alleged that he had science and all the information on his side. So if he did, listen, he couldn't debate me on, on COVID because of all the experts I've had on, Robert Malone and Peter McCullough and Jesse Lopez and, and Dr. Urso and Simone Gold. I mean, I know what the hell I'm talking about. Now, he would lose to me. To R RFK has been studying vaccines and, and their bad, awful effects for 40 years. So he has no chance against this guy. So I didn't understand why Mark jumped into the fray. Mark has done something good where he's got some sort of a, a deal that he's getting cheaper, you know, um, prescription drugs for people. Good. God bless you. That's great. I just don't know why he jumped into this. How is it unfair for the expert the United States government under Biden used um, to go on and debate a politician? It should be easy for him. I don't know. When I read it, I was just like, this is like a drink and tweet, dude. Like, you don't need this in your life. 
This was kind of cringe. Just calm down. Every, like, the thing that freaks me out the most is not even that, like, it's Mark Cuban saying, like, oh, it's totally unfair for this debate to happen, because we all know that doesn't make any sense. But it's the fact that basically no expert will get up and do this debate. Like, there are so many other experts who could stand up and say, yeah, I'll do this debate and I'll win. And so long as they've got the qualifications and they want to do it, why not? But yeah. I, I haven't heard of anyone who, like, actively wants to do it, which means that they know that they're maybe lying. Also, I'm not suicidal. I like to say this every now and again because I know that some of the stuff I say is controversial and I right. even put it in my headlines sometimes, particularly when I write about the Clintons. But I, you know, I, I really don't think any of these so-called experts would have a leg to stand on when it comes to this debate. And well, that terrifies me. Think about how much of our lives are controlled by these people. Right. And, and, well, and they really are. We were, we were told, you must believe this guy. He's the preeminent expert. And every single person I just named and, and tons of other doctors that I've had on that I've forgotten about have all said, not even close, man. There are 77 studies that say ivermectin works. What is he talking about? Mm-hmm. And, and at the end of the day, ventilators were killing people. Those dying of COVID today are generally speaking those who have at least gotten one shot. Those of us who are not vaccinated, not dying for some reason. So um, to have the debate would be beneficial for those of us, well, for those out there listening and watching who don't have all the information yet. So why not have the debate? I've never understood that. He goes on MSNBC with this this idiot, um, uh, Mesri somebody, and goes on and on and on about how above reproach he is, but he's on a network that will not ask him a skeptical question. It blows my mind. I think it's harmful to the public. I'll give you the last word. Uh, Well, I think that RFK, you know, this whole situation, it's the same reason that Biden won't debate him. And it's because this guy would win. Good point. It's that simple. I I completely agree with everything that you just said, Joe. It's just it's just mind blowing. But people are scared of him. People are scared of uh, this Kennedy. I uh, I pray for his protection. I'm gonna have him back on because I'm the first thing I'm gonna say to him is I'm scared of you because I'm a conservative guy. You're supposed to be a Democrat. I don't get it. Uh, it's Kay Smythe. Go to KaySmythe.com. Read everything she does on the Daily Caller. Go to her Twitter right now and you'll see the stories that we just talked about that she has written about. And uh, Kay, I appreciate you. Come back soon. Thank you. Next week, in fact. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. guy no glad to have you motown money the joe pag show we've got time for some pop culture Dirty pop. Hi, Polo, what's happening brother so did you see this story about this submarine did not so there's a submarine that that tours the wreckage of the titanic okay cool and unfortunately it's gone missing yeah, so there were four, I guess, crew members and then one person that was in there. And this this one guy, his name is Hamish Harding. Okay. He's like a some rich guy. He's a, he's a world explorer. And I, I don't know if you remember, but he was one of the guys that got to go in that, that Blue Origin yes. uh, thing. So It's just missing now. Yeah, so imagine that. You get to go do that, but then you get lost going to go see the Titanic. That is crazy. All right, now, I'm going to look into that more. That's a very interesting story. Thank you, Paulo. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. 
This is the Joe Pegg Show.